Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Jessica Todd. She started her career as a hairstylist at age 19 after dropping out of high school. She was feeling lost and off track. Five and a half years into the industry, she met her business partner in her chair and ended up opening her own salon at age 26. Since then, she's been on a mission to raise those around her through styling and self-development. Jessica has an 18-chair salon and teaches Baylage nationally for L'Oreal... Oh, I can't talk. L'Oreal Professional. She's also a healer disguised as a stylist. Welcome, Jess. Thank you, Kelsey, for having me. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here. And I can, I can already hear like some of my regular listeners being like, a hairstylist? What's going on here? Oh, <laughs> you, you just wait, listeners. She is not just a hairstylist. <laughs> this woman is magical. So let's, let's start with the, you're a healer described as a hairstylist. So, so when, you know, I've always had a a draw to people and always loved working, um, with women, men, um, children, whoever came to my chair. And I just always loved hearing people's stories and kind of where they came from, where they got to, uh, dealing with somebody's appearance is a very, very personal thing. And, you know, they're instilling a lot of trust in me. And, you know, our, our appearance is like the first thing that we have control over, you know, or something that we can change immediately. And it's like, we've all had, I think that breakup where it's like, I'm going to cut my hair off, or I'm going to go blonde, or I'm going to change something, right? Or, you know, so it can be a positively charged emotion or a negatively charged emotion. Um, so, when, I, when somebody first sits in my chair and I start talking to them, one of the questions I always ask them in my consult is what their lifestyle is like, because that will give me some clues kind of to what's going on. And then I just love to like dive in and hear their story. And it's not that I'm looking to, you know, quote unquote, heal somebody or be their spiritual mentor or anything like that. I just, it's, it's a rare occasion that we actually stop, sit down and look at ourselves truly in the mirror. And when you're getting your hair done, you have to look at yourself in the mirror unless your stylist turns you away. And I notice immediately people's body language when they're looking in the mirror, you know, what they say, you know, as women, we tend, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of moms, I have a lot of career women and whoever it is, you know, it can run the gamut. Um, they sit down and we start immediately picking apart like the negative things like, oh, look at my skin. It's so dry. Look at my wrinkles. Look at the bags under my eyes, you know, all of those things. And it's like 
everyone is, is not to sound cheesy, but is so beautiful in their own unique way. And like, when I'm looking at somebody, I'm looking at their eye color, their skin color, their face shape, and I'm always looking for their brightest features and to enhance those. So when I'm looking at them, you know, I'm looking at them from a completely objective standpoint and I generally know none of their history if they're a new client or if I do, you know, I know what things I can look to bring out that will like make them feel better. So when I say that I'm a healer, you know, it's just really trusting my intuition on like how I can make them feel special. And it's like, we've all had that experience too. I think when you get a new outfit or a new lipstick or a new haircut or color, whatever it is that just makes you feel better, that is energy. And it's like just getting you in a different mindset. And even if it's just for that day, you know, that can have a ripple effect. Um, you know, people get their hair done for, for job interviews or different things, you know, different big events or, you know, things in their life that it just really helps. Um, I don't know. It just helps like elicit this energy that I see is there that we don't always see, you know, and I need other people to do that for me as well. But that I feel like it's just, it's so much more than doing hair. It sounds like what you're saying actually is that changing, being able to be there to see somebody as you change their external um, appearance, Mm -hmm. as you highlight what's like their, their, I don't want to say best features, but they're like amazing features. Mm -hmm. You allow them and facilitate their ability to see themselves. Yes. And see their own beauty. Yes. Because we have that habit, as you're saying. Mm -hmm. I I really believe it's a habit that we look in the mirror and they're like, oh, look at that. And we just critique ourselves. We've been conditioned to judge ourselves, I mean, I think, in a lot of areas of our life. And now living in the world of selfies and Instagram and social media where we're really living pretty publicly, that opens up the gate for even more comparison. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's just so ever present. And so when we can sit down and we can say, oh, wow, you know, my eyes look so big now that I have this new fringe or this color really brings out my skin tone and my eye color, you know, it just allows you to see yourself through a different lens. Yeah, absolutely. I want to, okay. I want to dig, I want to go further into that, but first I want to go more into your story. Yes. Let's talk about dropping out of high school. Yes. So for me, uh, dropping out of high school was really tough. Um, You know, I was always, I was a cheerleader. I played basketball. I always loved athletics. Um, Academics were really challenging for me. Um, I struggled with dyslexia. I got diagnosed later on, so I was already kind of in the thick of things, didn't have an IEP or anything like that, Um, you know, and, you know, I learned how to adapt for, like, what my situation was, Um, but the high school that I went to was, you know, I had some amazing teachers, but is, you know, the path of my generation, you know, was still very cookie cutter. Like you graduate, you know, you do, you do, you get good grades in high school, you play sports, you have the friends, you do your thing, and then you graduate and go to college. And I just remember 
how tough testing was for me and really struggling with that and already having that anxiety when I got into school, knowing that grades were tough for me, that I already had it in my head that I wasn't going to get into a good college. Um, so when my grades really started slipping, um, I ended up uh, just skipping class, you know, and I just, I never really... I started getting put on, or I did get put on academic probation. And so once that happened, I could no longer play sports. And so it just kind of was this trickle effect, right? And my parents were divorced when I was in um, middle school. And so, you know, they were great co-parents, but I, I definitely learned how to manipulate the system and play one off the other. And, you know, just kind of like I was going, I wasn't trying to do it in a negative way. I just was trying to make myself feel good because I didn't feel good or feel comfortable where I was. And I was just trying to, you know, cover up the problem of like me feeling stupid and feeling inadequate and not feeling like I fit in with my friends anymore. And so when um, my, I'm the oldest of three and my behavior was not, uh, was not going well. <laughs> I was drinking, you know, I started drinking, I, I started smoking pot and I was, you know, definitely experimenting and just really pushing every boundary. And my mom had finally had it and she was like, you can't, you, this behavior is not going to fly anymore. Um, you need to go live with your father. And when I came home one day, she, this was my junior year. She had packed all of my, most of my clothes and stuff in a bag, changed the locks on the door and left them, you know, on, on, on the doorstep. And it was, and it was like, I always respected her for having, for really giving me, you know, tough love. And it wasn't that she didn't love me. She just was like, you can't do this anymore. And I, I was very, I'm a very determined human being. And so <laughs> I give her credit actually for doing that. And, um, and then, so I ended up living with my friend in Revere and we were driving to school every day and, you know, we were actually starting to try to like get it together. I was anyways, she was, she was always, she was my friend who I was living with was like honor all student. <laughs> um, and so I just, but I still, it, school just didn't feel like the right place for me. And that was the hardest part because that was the only way that I knew that you could get to the next level. And so uh, my junior year, I was with some friends and um, I had, or sorry, let me backtrack for a second. When I realized that I wasn't getting any credit for my junior year and that I was going to be held back, I ended up working with my guidance counselor and I was, um, I was, I started to go to school then full-time. She said, the only way you can graduate with your class on time is if you go to school full-time, we'll double you up on the classes that we can double you up on here. And you've got to go to night school at a community college. So I went basically from not going to school at all to going to school extra full-time, you know, full schedule during the week. And then um, evenings during the week, I was going to a community college. Um, and then I got into a car accident that changed my life. And I was with two of my best friends and, um, and we ended up getting into a car accident and it was pretty bad, but we all walked out of it. And I, that was the point where I was like, you can continue doing what you're doing or you can change. And, um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sit in a desk for a little while. And so I was missing too much, um, 
too much work at the community college. And so they told me she was going to give me an incomplete. And long story short, I ended up dropping out. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to go to summer school and then graduate in February. The only reason I was doing this was to walk with my class. And I just sort of found myself in this place where I was like, you know, I started high school as like varsity cheerleader and having my friends and doing well in school. And then all of a sudden, two years later, I'm like, how, how am I in this position where now I'm dropping out of high school? So I dropped out, I got my GED and then felt as though I was just kind of lost. I was like, well, I guess I'll just stick to what I know, you know, which at the time I was working in restaurants and I started cleaning houses and, you know, I was just able to make money and I liked working with the people that I worked with and, and that was, that was kind of where I was at. So once that, once that hit, I just kind of felt lost. And then I, I thought, well, I might as well go to hair school. I've always loved doing hair. <laughs> at least I'll have something to fall back on. And so that was kind of sad for me at that moment because I was like, well, I just felt like the stereotypical like beauty school dropout. But, you know, now where I sit, it's like any – everything in life is a hundred percent what you put into it. And, you know, I find a lot that beauty school is typically not plan A or B for people. So a lot of, most often it's, you know, plan C or D. I think that's changing now, but when I was there, that was definitely the case. And, um, you know, going through those experiences in high school gave me the grit to really do what I'm doing now. So it sounds to me like basically you were living in this world where you didn't fit in. Yes. And so you went through this struggly phase where you like tried to fit in. You tried to play by the rules. You tried to make it work. And then you came out of it and just created your own world. Yes. <laughs> where you truly are being the change. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't think we've mentioned yet that you own a super sl- successful salon. <laughs> and I don't think that was part of your bio. <laughs> probably not um yeah so so I worked at two other salons downtown Portsmouth I loved them um I learned so much from both of them um one of them was in Boston hair studio and then the other one was six degrees and you know I loved working there and I started educating nationally for L'Oreal so I was traveling and teaching seeing what was happening you know all around the country And then I met my business partner who sat in my chair and him and his wife were clients of mine. And they were always pains in my butt because they always had to cancel their appointments as they were traveling and, and get back in quickly. And I was booked out really far and, but I always made it work. And, um, they ended up taking me on vacation, a little Cayman and they, and so I went and I, I literally think I slept for eight days because I was just (laughs) wrecked at that point working a million hours. And when we got back, we just started talking and he was like, what do you want to do JT? And I'm like, I don't know. I think I want to open my own salon. And that was really hard for me. Cause I was, I never pictured myself, you know, as a business owner. Um, because again, all the old stories from high school would pop up and just that that's not what I meant to do. And that somehow I would screw it up. Um, and I loved the people that I worked with and it was a family and it was really hard for me to make that decision, but I just wanted to create this environment of like what I was seeing happening kind of all over the country and really like, really like empower, you know, women or men, whoever came to work for me to really make this a career path and not just have it be this complacent career that you can do so much with it, you know, and that, and so now 
um, almost six years later. Um, I signed papers when I was 26 and I'll be 32 in June. And I have, I started with a nine chair salon. I now have an 18 chair salon. We're in our second space. Um, so we outgrew our first location and we moved into a larger location a year and a half ago. And it's just been the most insane ride of my life so far. And I love it so much. Yeah. So you are absolutely doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. Sounds yeah. like. Yes. But it's funny because looking back, you know, it's like, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? And you always wonder, well, what's the purpose of this experience when it feels so negative or such like a struggle? <clears throat> but it's like, we need the contrast of those moments to like push us, you know, it's like, it's like when you have a failure, you're like, you know, you can continue to like dwell in that, sit in that energy, or you can use it and be like, well, it can only get better from here. And I'm only going to push it, you know, further. And so it's like, for me, it's always been those contrasting moments that have really pushed me. And I was just so, you know, sick of struggling and trust me, I don't have it all figured out. Like there's still, there's a whole other realm that comes with owning a salon and, you know, working behind the chair and all of that. And I was a young entrepreneur too. So a lot of the women that were working for me are my age or some older, and there was, you know, insecurities with that. But, um, I think the whole thing is, is just, it's like each part of the journey is like getting to be more who you are and, you know, the more self-aware you can be and just sort of like, just witness yourself and try to let go of the judgment and, you know, just see how you're evolving and like be patient, you know, with yourself. And that's been, that's been my biggest lesson through the whole thing. Cause I put so much pressure on myself and was recovering people pleaser, recovering perfectionist. And, and it just, I, I was choosing to struggle and that was hard for me to come to grips with because I was in victim mode for a while because I was like, I started the salon to be free and, you know, teach people and do all these things. And, and when I opened that first year, I kind of felt like I put myself in jail a little bit because mm -hmm. of all the obligations that just come with it. And it's just all about perspective and, you know, everything that you're doing, just really taking a step back and trying to see see yourself in whatever situation you're in as the observer. Yeah. It's so interesting too. the stories we can develop as we're, when we're little, the stories like that school puts on us, mm -hmm. especially with learning. I had a bunch of learning disabilities as well. And those stories are like, I've recently healed them. Yeah. <laughs> I can still hear that voice of, I don't belong. I'm not mm -hmm. worthy. I remember those days. Mm-hmm. I am, I am right there with you, still working on healing some of it, you know, and stuff that I thought that I had healed when I opened the business. It was like every insecurity I had came boom, right to the surface. And I was like, and part of my brand, for those of you who, who don't know me, don't know anything about me, you know, the name of my salon is Jessica Todd. And I was very much against naming it my name because I didn't feel comfortable with who I was. And I wanted to hide behind another name. It just felt safer because it wasn't me. And so part of our brand is this giant orange wall that has my name across it. And people would come in and they would be like, oh my God, that wall is so cool. Do you love it? Isn't this so amazing? And I was like, yes, I'm so excited, but that wall makes me want to throw up and, <laughs> and pop 
champagne all at the same time. Like I'm very conflicted with how to feel about it because it was me still working through my stuff, you know, and I jumped because the opportunity arose and I, you know, I think it's like, that was the greatest gift at that time is that I was just so ready that I was like, I'm jumping in head first and we'll figure this thing out as we go. Oh my God. I love this. Okay. So that, that description of the wall making you want to throw up and pop champagne at the first, at the same time, that's how, when our inner critic shows up, when we're about to do something really awesome, like open a salon and put our name <laughs> on a big wall. That's, I describe it as you feel like you want to run away, jump up and dance, hide under a rock, throw up, scream, and celebrate all at the exact same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's a really good sign because when we get that feeling, it means that we're on the right track. It's yes. what comes from jumping. It's, it's getting outside that comfort zone and it's doing something that you know is going to grow and stretch you, but it's really scary and our ego wants to keep us safe in that little box. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that holy shit moment when the salon actually, I don't know, what was scariest, like signing the papers or opening the door or that mm -hmm. first moment when you had a salon with your name on it? I was so afraid that I was going to let everyone down, my employees, my business partners. I was just so scared that I was going to do something to disappoint, you know, cause again, there's like that, I, you know, I had a very strong need to be liked and to make everybody, you know, feel, I don't know. It was, it was all about everybody else, you know, and my business is all about everybody else, but it was I'm trying to think of how to how to describe it. It was um, it was just this moment of you know super inner inner critic self doubt. Like you don't know what you're doing, and this pressure that comes with. I think it was more like the tag of like being the owner. It was like there's like. I was, I was trying to be everything that I quote unquote, like if you Wikipedia, like owner of a salon, like trying to check off the list of like, needs to be professional, keep space, keeping a certain distance from your employees. Um, customers always right. You know, all like, it was like, I, I found all of these things that I, or all these things that I had in my head of what I thought you know, a salon owner looked like and that I needed to be and that I wouldn't be successful unless I did those things. But in hindsight, every, or what I would say to I finally had this epiphany of like a couple years in of like, but what got you to this point was being exactly who you are and doing the things that you did. So don't change that now. You're going to continue to grow. And I'm not the same person that I was when I started in this industry. And the owner that I am now is very different than the owner that I was, you know, almost six years ago. So it was coming from this place of trying to fulfill everyone else's needs, but I was becoming a psycho in the process. And I was, I, I was not, I was always having this inner struggle with like, you know, meeting my needs and meeting everybody else's needs. But if I don't meet my own needs, I can't be others focused and I can't serve truly anybody who I'm trying to serve, whether it be a guest that sits in my chair, 
you know, an employee that's having, you know, an issue or just needs support or, um, you know, managing up to my business partners, you know, it was just like all of those things. And so, but just like anything, it's like building a muscle, right? It's like, you have to, you have to have experience. And I had no experience and I didn't go to school. So I kept saying to my business partner, I think I need to go to take these classes. And he's like, you're getting an MBA right now. Pay attention. <laughs> quote, unquote. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. It's just like experience and it's learning. And you know, I started seeking out coaching and all of those things. And so that's, and everything that it comes back to is really like me working through my own stuff so that I can really truly show up for everyone that I have to show up with. And that it's like, I don't need to do everything, nor can I, like, we're not meant to do any of this by ourselves. But when you're put in a position where you're creating something and like birthing something, it's like, you know, you're not supposed to do it by yourself, but there's this overwhelming sense of responsibility that you you are ultimately responsible but how do you how do you invite other people in to help to help with the bigger vision and so how did you do that um really through coaching like I just started seeking out mentors like I have a lot of mentors in the L'Oreal professional world um and I just but also I started I was seeking everyone's advice at the beginning and that was tough because then I was, I was searching for the answer everywhere else, but listening to myself. And then I started getting clearer on the direction that I wanted to go and what, what my vision was and really being specific about those who I sought advice from. So instead of just asking, even though, you know, I love certain people in my life, you know, everyone got to where they are by doing the things that they've done. And they are, um, everyone's coming from their own place. So I tried to seek out people who have already accomplished kind of what I want to accomplish and just asking them their opinion and bouncing things off of them. But it came from a lot of self-development of like really trusting myself, you know, cause me being who I really am is going to attract the right, you know, uh, staff member to work here, like a stylist or a front desk or whoever. And, you know, you just start getting in alignment and in flow with things and, you talk about that and describe that so beautifully. And so whenever I'm feeling this overwhelming need to like do something or control something, I know that that's when I'm getting off balance and that I need to take a step back and, and most of the time really not do something and just kind of listen and try to see what's coming up. How do you know when you're in alignment? Um, I know when I'm on the, in alignment when it, not that it feels easy because I don't believe that being in alignment always feels easy. Um, I don't really know how to pinpoint it, but it's like you just, it's just this feeling. It's just like things are working. Um, you know, when I think it's more when a difficult situation arises and I can handle it with ease and from a place of like grace and being really grounded you know, cause it's like, it's not when everything's going great. It's like when I know I'm in a good spot when, you know, all hell is breaking loose and like every situation that's popping up is a level 10 on a scale of one to 10. And I'm like, okay, which fire do I put out now? But I do it from a very grounded place. That's to me when I know that I'm really in alignment and in a good spot. I love it. Okay. So you described too, when you opened your salon, what you felt like 
the owner was supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. How would you describe yourself as an owner now? Um, as an owner now, I would describe myself as definitely a servant leader. Um, you know, and that's something that I'm still still working on. I definitely would not say that's something that I've mastered yet, um, but will always continue to work that way. So every time I walk in the door, it's how can I serve is on my brain. And how can I, you know, um, one of my mentors talks to me about this all the time, but people like to solve problems, you know, whether you realize it or not. And so whenever something's going on, it's like, I'm just, instead of feeling like I have to give the answers all the time, now I ask more questions than I ever did and taking the pressure off of me having to know the answer where that's what I would try to do before. And I would be, depending on where I was mentally at that, at that point in time, you know, my answer would change and it wouldn't be as consistent. And now I feel like I'm able to be more consistent and really, you know, pull those answers from whoever it may be that I'm talking to. And, and that goes with clients as well. You know, like if we have, if there's something that doesn't go, doesn't go well, like being able to really communicate with them and kind of pull some of the, some of the, answers from them. I love the way you said that. So it sounds to me like, like I love asking questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of just saying, I have no idea what the answer is. In fact, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. going to ask a bunch of questions. And so it's not, the way you're describing it, it sounds like being able to ask questions is actually so much more of a grounded place. Yes. It's so much more empowering and empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think so, like, as an owner, right, you're always thinking big picture. And so you're seeing things maybe that others that maybe work in your business might not be seeing. And so for me, it's observing and seeing if somebody has, like, a need that needs to be met that they might not know that it needs to be met yet. And just, like, observing big picture, but not feeling like I have to have the also not assuming that at the same time. So asking, you know, it's just constantly being curious and asking questions and, you know, cause I may see something and I may interpret that as meaning something, but that could be totally off. I mean, we talk about communication all the time because our business, I mean, everything is communication, right? But like you have a miscommunication with a guest and you give them the wrong haircut or the wrong color, (laughs) not going to go over so well, but it's the same thing with your teammates. And it's like, you know, it's so easy for something to be miscommunicated or misinterpreted. And, and so it's just, I think it's always coming from that place of being curious and asking questions, even when you think that, you know, Mm, that is so beautiful. Always being curious and asking questions, even when you think, you know, Mm-hmm. because maybe we never really know. Right. All right. So that, um, those beautiful words totally made me lose my, <laughs> my thought. <laughs> um, okay. So let's go to seeing people and helping them see themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that for yourself? That is a good question. For me, it's, it's dance, you know, like I really love to dance. And when I opened the salon, I sort of, you know, shrugged everything, everything off that was a self-care and then 
that was turning me even more into the crazy owner that I didn't want to be. And so I started, um, my friend got me into ballroom dancing. And so it's like rumba, cha-cha, mambo, all of that. And it was like, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a way for me to also move that stagnant energy out of my body of the stress that I was carrying all week or other people's energy I was absorbing through the week, you know, after seeing like 40 or 50 clients a day, uh, or sorry, not a day. <laughs> I'd be a rock star then. Um, it was throughout the week. So it was like, for me, it was, it was dancing and, and really flowing. And, you know, when, when I was dancing at the studio, I had to look at myself in the mirror, you know, and for me, um, it was uncomfortable because there's always been a lot of like body shame for me and just like, you know, not being happy with the way I look or, you know, always just critiquing. And it's like, we, you know, I guess you teach what you need the most <laughs> and I'm teaching people to be softer with themselves and I am so hard on myself, um, both in how I perform and how I look. Um, so for me, it's like, it's a, it's become a practice now. So like when I'm, when I'm doing my makeup in the morning, really looking at myself in the mirror instead of just like, it's amazing. Like, have you ever had the experience when you're like driving somewhere and then you get there and you're like, I don't remember the whole ride over here. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did I get here? And I feel like so many days we can go through our days like that of just like going through the motions and so it's this constant practice of like being present and being in the moment and, you know, how can, how can I love my body now? How can I love myself for where I am now? And it's always, it always comes back to just being present with yourself, you know, and appreciating what got you here, you know, cause I look at, I look at photos from when I started and I look at photos of myself now and I'm like, wow, it's not even the same person and having appreciation for all of those moments and, you know, all of those stages that I went through to get to where I am now. So for, I don't know if I'm answering your question well, but it's like, it's for me, it's a constant thing. So it's, it's, it's when I'm dancing and watching myself dance and having appreciation for myself. It's any of those little moments that I find that I'm like, yeah, that was really good or that really sucked, but you tried it and you tried something new and you know, you didn't feel comfortable doing it, but you did it anyways. Um, so for me, it's, 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 it's a constant thing. And this year I feel like I've had a lot of growth in that and I've had a lot of support with women around me, um, you know, and surrounding myself with people, you know, like you've done that for me. And, um, when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, Oh my God, Kelsey wants me on her podcast. And it was like this amazing feeling. And it's like, I don't think we ever truly see ourselves the way that others see us. But when I'm having those moments of self doubt or those moments that I'm being really hard on myself, I try to ask myself, you know, how, if I was, if I was dealing with the you know, high school version of myself that was so scared, so unsure, um, feeling so insecure, how would I talk to that girl? And I would never, I would offer, you know, caring support and build her up and do all those things. But how can I do that for myself now? So I try to reframe like when I'm being so hard on myself and, and remind myself that I would never speak to anybody else like that. So why am I being that way to myself? 
And I've realized that I can't fully serve others the way that I want to serve them or love up on them unless I'm really loving myself, you know, and it's not practicing what you preach. And that, that was a hard realization for me this year. Um, because you know, we know in our heads what we're, what we want to do and what we think that we're doing and all of those things, because it's coming from such a place of love and like true, just, just the truest parts of my soul. And so when I would have a reaction that was not the reaction that I wanted from somebody, or I would say, God, how did that go so wrong? I came from such a loving place or whatever, you know, and then just get really hard on myself. It's like, well, it all starts with you and, you know, we radiate and we attract what we are. So as I've started to love myself more, I instantly have started to attract all of these other opportunities that have come up, like being on this podcast and, you know, shooting a video for L'Oreal next month and all of these things. Cause I'm, you know, I'm accepting myself for who I am and that's all anyone ever wants you to be is be yourself. You know, we want authenticity. Like I love, I love Brene Brown and she has this video um, about vulnerability and in it, she says, you know, vulnerability, you know, is the, is the first thing I want to see in you. Uh, but it's the last thing that I want to show you in me. And it's like, that's where the connection and the magic happens, you know, when you're like, Oh, I can relate to that. And cause we can tell, you can tell immediately, like you walk into a room and you can feel the energy and you're like, I just, I don't know what's going on in here, but I can feel that something's off or you walk in and you're like, yeah, this is definitely where I'm supposed to be. Yes. Oh my God. You are wicked wise. I love it. <laughs> and I love, you know, so we are part of this healer circle that, um, is such a magical, powerful group of women. And walking into that virtual room is definitely a, yeah, I'm home. Yes. Yes. So talking about energy, and mm -hmm. I know that you feel other people's energy strongly. Mm -hmm. So what's it like actually touching so many people? Good question. <laughs> um. I never knew how energy energetically sensitive I was. And um, I've always been drawn to crystals. Even when I was a kid, I would collect all the quartz that I could find. And I just think it's so interesting because it's like me as a child, it's like anybody as a child, you kids just, they have this in, inner knowing, this unfiltered like truth. They just, they just are what they are. And so for me, when I was, when I was a kid and just connected to, you know, all of those, all of those crystals, as I started getting older and I just started feeling like I could just feel the swirl of energy building up in me. And then one of my friends, um, she started taking me to this energy healer, uh, because I was starting to have like physical symptoms in my body and I had this radiating pain down my arm into my wrist. I'm like, Oh my God, I've carpal tunnel already. My career's over. And it was just like really the releasement of a lot of energy. And, um, you know, whether you believe it or not, it's like, it's an energetic exchange, um, with every person that you come into contact with. And so for me being one of really few industries that's left where you can physically touch somebody and you're touch some touching somebody's head, you know, their crown chakra and all of those things. Um, 
I had to start to develop practices that would allow me to clear my energy. So I do a lot of visualization. Um, uh, Meg Shea and Meg Haynes have taught me a lot about that. So I've, I've sought out, um, you know, energetic healers and spiritual teachers to teach me how, how to clear my energy in between guests and how to clear my energy when I have, you know, an encounter. And that can be whether it's good or bad, because you can have like, be, I can leave a meeting super psyched and I'm just like off the charts energy. And that's, I don't want to carry that frenetic energy into like an, another a coaching session with, you know, with one of my girls or with a client, you know? Um, so it's really, it's really taking me, taken me a while to figure out, um, really truly how many guests I can see a day and you know what I need to do to protect my energy. And I know I have a high capacity to hold space for a lot of people. Um, but I now trust and set firm boundaries around what I can do and what I can't do. And that includes saying no to either social things or work things or whatever I have to do to really protect myself to show up 110%. How do you say no? That's something that's really hard for a lot of people. Oh, well, again, teaching what we need the most. Mm -hmm. I'm still having a hard time with that. But for me, I, I think of everything as like an invitation. And it's like, you know, I've heard this from many people, but if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Um, and when I say no to somebody, I mean, even recently saying no to like a dinner date, you know, with somebody who I adore. Um, but just knowing that I'm about to output a lot of energy this, this coming month in April. And I know that I need to rest and recuperate, even if it's something fun that I want to do. It's, it's, it's better to say, it's better to say no to that than show up and go begrudgingly or feeling like, you know, the next day I, you know, I went and I had fun, but now I'm exhausted and now I have to do all these things. And so I think it's just really like how it, it takes discipline and it takes training. And, you know, I think whether your goal be a per personal goal or a professional goal, it's like, you know, where, where, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And are these little decisions making, um, getting you closer to that goal, you know, and that includes every aspect of your life. And that includes, you know, setting boundaries with my family too. Like I, I love everybody in my family, you know, and I, but I, there's always been this obligation of, Oh, I'm being a bad, you know, sister or bad daughter or bad niece or friend or whatever it may be. Um, but when you can say no to something that doesn't feel like a hundred percent yes in your body, you're saying yes to yourself and to be able to get yourself to where you want to go. And, you know, you'll have different capacity for things at different times in your life. And I think that's been that alone saying no, I think has been the hardest thing for me, honestly, and really like having to let, you know, some friendships not necessarily go, but take on a different, you know, form or, or, or role in my life. And, um, it, it it's just, I think it's all, I think it's never something that's ever going to be comfortable for any of us, but it's deciding, like, I think the people that I see that reach their goals the fastest and the people that I know, you know, have, you know, and it's not about for me, like when I'm talking about, 
you know, reaching a goal. It's not just about like mega success. It's like, for me, you know, I just want to have a life where I am fulfilled in all the different areas and I'm enjoying the process because there, you know, there is no there and the business, you know, I think it's so easy to get caught up in the bigger, better, faster, stronger mindset. And, you know, I just want to serve as many people as I can, but serve myself simultaneously. Would that, well, what's your definition of success? My definition of success, um, I think it means different things at different times. Um, but my, my definition of success definitely used to be monetary because I struggled living paycheck to paycheck for a long time and feeling like, oh my God, am I ever going to be able to buy a house? And yes, my boyfriend and I did buy a house this May. Um, and that was huge. Um, so for me, the definition of success is I think it's just constantly growing but in but being healthy and enjoying the process and the way and you know really remaining true to yourself I love it so much okay last question lipstick yes <laughs> you rock the best boldest most powerful and empowering lipsticks and you'll do it you're doing it in the photo that we're going to use with this episode you're doing it right now but no one else gets to see you <laughs> share your secrets please right now okay best lipstick ever and i owe it to my girls Kristen and danielle um and annie it is stila stay all day it is a matte finish I eat a lot during the day and in a hurry. And so if I had to worry about lipstick being all over my face and my mouth, it would be a disaster, especially talking to people all day. So the Stila Stay All Day, they have all the different colors. That's the purple that I'm wearing in the photo, the red that I'm wearing now. And it goes on like a lip gloss, but it dries in a matte finish. And it is epic. And they have so many different shades. So if like red or purple is not your jam. They have like beautiful nudes and rosy colors and they have the whole spectrum and to get it off. Um, so that you're not like crazy exfoliating your lips every time you just take like, sometimes I use a little bit of like a coconut oil or something like that. Just anything oil based on a Q-tip and just rub it in and it just comes right off. But the first time I tried to take this off, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll be wearing this for the next two days, <laughs> not going anywhere. And I felt like my lips were bleeding by the time I got it off. So the tip about the oil is real. Um, it will not come off if you do not use something to break it down first without, without, you know, causing major damage to your lips. <laughs> Thank you. But the, but the lipstick, like I said to you earlier is, you know, lipstick for me, it helps me embody this energy that I want to embody on times where I may not be feeling, you know, I may be feeling great certain times. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm rocking the purple today or the red. And then there may be times where I'm doing it because I have to show up for, you know, I'm showing up for work. I'm showing up for my guests and my team and I may not be in the best headspace. So it's like, how can I physically do things to get myself headed towards the energy that I want to be in for that day? Love it. We all need, we all need those tricks. Those like, our yeah. personal, like what we do to get ourselves ready. 
Yes. <laughs> how, it's like actually how you can get yourself aligned too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, fast track. Okay, Jess, how can people learn more about you? Uh, you can learn more about me. Probably the best is like my Instagram. It's at Freshica Todd. And um, the salon page is at Jessica Todd NH on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, and I'm trying to get better about updating that. And you can find my website is Jessica at Jessica, or that's my email is Jessica at Jessica Todd.com. And uh, my website is Jessica Todd.com. Basically just Google my name and everything. Will pop up. I love it. And for anyone living in the New England area, get yourself to Portsmouth. Yes. Come visit. All right. Thank you so much. This has been epic. I love you. I love you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you and your listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the Find Your Awesome podcast. I'd like to invite you to head over to KelseyAbbott.com to grab a series of short meditations. And please come join the Find Your Awesome group on Facebook. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, Please tell the world in whatever way feels good to you, and please leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for being part of this crazy adventure.